daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello and welcome to The Sander Pit, the podcast that says, Sir, one more outburst and I will strangle you with my microphone wire. Oh, this is a classic. This is Wedding Singer, right? It is. Steve Buscemi getting threatened to be strangled. Was that Steve Buscemi? I thought it was that man with the in the white suit when he's like, love stinks. Oh, maybe it is. Fake fan. I just Googled it and it came up with a picture of Steve Buscemi dancing. So, but yeah, maybe it is the guy in the white shirt, the really aggressive dad. No, we should know. We've we've watched it multiple I've, times I've now. I've seen it like about 20 year. times. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Luke and this is also Luke. And this is the Sandler Pitter podcast where we watch every single Adam Sandler film and TV show and song and cameo appearance and fan fiction that a character that he once played might briefly turn up and give another character a blowjob. That's us. How are you? Um, I'm still recovering from that <laughs> shocking segment of fan fiction that we discussed last week about Hotel Transylvania. Other than that, I think I'm okay. Spooky season, isn't it? It's October, so we're doing all sorts of weird shit. How are you? <laughs> Uh, I am also good. I am very, very tired. We're recording this intro straight after finishing our Hotel Transylvania uh, retrospective episode, which was exhausting to every sense. We've literally gone straight into it. You haven't even had time to go and wank into the sink. (laughs) I even had a moment's release of locking myself into a coffin. (laughs) <laughs> I'm an older gentleman. If anyone hasn't listened to our 50th episode special, I'd suggest they do that. Because it's definitely going to be better than this one. Because what are we going to be watching this week? Coneheads? The film Coneheads? Coneheads. What is Coneheads? Yeah, it's the uh, second film in the Heads duology with Airheads and Coneheads. Coneheads is a film that we've spoken about nearly every single episode. And yet we've pushed it back and pushed it back because it looks so shit. But the time has finally come that we've got to watch it. It stars Dan Aykroyd yep. as, as a an alien, I guess, with a big, big cone for a head. Cone head, yeah. And yeah, that's probably sense. where he gets the name. Oh, yeah, it makes sense, wouldn't it? I suppose um, he plays Beldar Conehead. So he was born with the name Conehead, but he also looks like a Conehead. This is apparently based on some SNL skits or sketches about aliens that were stranded on Earth, and they've turned it into a film. So I guess they did the same with the Blues Brothers, which were originally an SNL characters, and then they turned it into one of the best films ever made. That's one that's always passed me by, Blues Brothers. You've never seen Blues Brothers? I don't think I have. Do you know what strikes me as one of those films that's just on Channel 5 all the time? And I never give those films the respect that they maybe deserve. It's usually either My Girl, you know, the one where Macaulay Culkin gets stung by bees and dies, or Blues Brothers. Spoilers for fucking My Girl. (laughs) Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I know. I think I've seen the clip of him in his coffin. It's the saddest. I don't know why I'm laughing. At, I don't know why I'm laughing. Is he stung by bees and they put him in the, the coffin? Yeah, but he's very, still beat up. So sad. Is Blues Brothers really one of the best films ever made, or are you just throwing out one of those big sweeping statements? For me, it's a ten out of ten. I think it's my dad's favorite film. It's most dad's favorite films. Well, um, it's not mine, is it? Wedding Singer is my dad's favorite. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's good. It's got like Aretha Franklin. It's got um, just a bunch of different soul and blues artists. And the music's really good. The comedy's good. The, the car chasers are even better than Dare I Say Murder Mystery. Are you, are you seriously going to say that? <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those really good films. I'm not a huge Dan Aykroyd fan most of the time. I like that and Ghostbusters most of the time. I'm like, yeah. And Chuck and Larry, I guess? No. No, did not like him there. I, I know we discussed this off-air, but did you ever listen to when Dan Aykroyd appeared on the uh, Off Menu podcast? Did you get around to putting that I in your I didn't, ears? no. I didn't. I downloaded the episode, that and the Bob Mortimer one, and I've never actually listened to either. Oh, man, you but need to listen to it. That I man might, is insane. I'll listen to it tomorrow on my way to work. Did he mention his crystal head vodka? Yeah, maybe once or 50 times. He, I yeah. think he acted like the whole thing was like a paid promotion for his his vodka and he kept like adding it to every course because it's like it's a good podcast it's one when like every guest has to discuss like a dream meal and whatever and it's way better than us oh it's a great podcast yeah instead of like discussing it though he gave his whole menu in one go instead of doing it like bit by bit he breaks their format because he's so insane and just keeps talking about his vodka and all these like cocktails that he'd make and then at the end so these two comedians that do it are like two of the biggest UK comedians at the moment. He says to him at the end, thank you for letting me be part of your project. What a patronising... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like literally, instead of saying like, oh, thanks for having me and all that stuff, thanks for letting me be part of your project. That's the sort of thing you could say to us, because yeah, this is a project, yeah. but they're making money <laughs> off of that. Yeah, theirs is like actual comedy actual work as is me reading out porn to you whilst you're jerking off <laughs> in the sink <laughs> into the sink like dracula isn't it like a big thing that during the production of ghostbusters the reason why he made ghostbusters was because he he does believe in ghosts and he yeah. believes in the science of capturing ghosts Do you think a bit like in coneheads maybe that might be <laughs> <laughs> there's two things i believe in on this planet is these ghosts and those uh those that conehead aliens this film looks horrendous man i'm looking at these pictures yeah i mean it's he's what's it got 5.4 on imdb the thing about dan Aykroyd is that he is insane and i feel like he needs someone to rein him in like have you ever seen the only film that dan Aykroyd has directed which is one of the worst films ever made. But some people say it's good. It's not. It's really fucking shit. What is it? Oh, my God. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Nothing but trouble. Never heard of it. It's a Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, Demi Moore, John Candy. So I've clicked comedy on it. Horror. Is that, who's that in the aged makeup? That's Dan Aykroyd. And if you see his, pe- his nose is a penis. Oh, of course. And it's basically these people end up in a Vulcan, Vulcanville or something. And then... It's like an evil town full of monsters and, and, st- and ghouls. That sounds pretty good. It sounds and right up our street. It was called Valkenvania originally, and then they changed it to Nothing But Trouble. And it's fucking insane. And the set design and, and everything, like the costumes, it's just insanity. And it's ugly and awful to watch. Like it, There's these two characters that are like massive mutant babies that are like grown-up babies. <laughs> It's viscerally upsetting to watch. I urge everyone to watch it because it is horrible. But this is an insight of when Dan Aykroyd gets full creative freedom because he wrote it, he directed it, he stars in it. He came up with the story of his brother and it's just fucking abysmal and and mental. It's weird. I used to always Um, think of him as quite like a nice presence in films, but the more I've seen of him, the more I'm like, oh God, there's something a bit off about this man. He's quite funny at the same time. Yeah, 
there's something upsetting about him, but there's yeah. That's my main reason with this Coneheads. I feel like it's gonna be just weird and not funny. Weird. It's just yeah. off. It looks do you know what to me this looks like? Like you saying that it's made up of skits, it's inspired by like uh, SNL yeah. sketches and stuff. It's like if they made a film about like the Argos aliens. Like no one's asking for it. Or like a Meerkats film. <laughs> <laughs> I would personally love a film about the Argos aliens. All voiced <laughs> by Chris Pratt. <laughs> the Argos aliens. <laughs> the, the meerkats from that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think, I, I swear, have they ever tried to do a film where they've used like characters from an advert and turned it into a film? Like, um, what were those two lads who used to have moustaches when we were kids? Who were the 118 on? men. <laughs> 118 men. Or the Hastings guy. <laughs> Well, the Churchill dog. They could be, you know, it's all about multiverses at the moment. Why don't they do like an advertising <laughs> multiverse? They're all getting together. The Go Compare Man is like the Nick Fury, like getting them all together. Yeah, I don't know. I think Ted Lasso was based on some adverts that Sky made for their, I think it was British coverage of American football or something. So Jason oh, cool. Sudeikis was in those and like now it's like a award-winning TV show. But that is one example I can think of where it's worked. Whereas like usually when sketches get made into full films, they're not usually amazing, are they? No. Except, like I say, like Blues Brothers was sketches and, and he's really good. So I think but, Barb but and Star was as well, that Kristen Wiig film that came out recently. That was, oh, really? It was quite funny, but they're all characters that are good in short bursts that you don't really want to see for 90 minutes, right? Yeah. What's that? Is it a Will Ferrell one where I always see this gif of them kind of like dancing? I've never seen it. But oh, yeah. The Night of the Roxbury, on. is it called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not watched that. But yeah, I'm not interested in this film. And our main guy, Adam Sandler, it doesn't look like he's going to be in it much because it it does say the film features roles and cameos by actors and comedians from television series of the time. I've just looked at the cast and there's no point pretending I haven't seen it. Sinbad is in this film from Jingle (laughs) All The Way. And Eddie Griffin. You loved Eddie Griffin in Juice Bigelow as TJ the Pimp. (laughs) I famously never said that. (laughs) Phil Hartman. Isn't it? Yeah. Jason Alexander and Michael Richards. That's two Seinfeld people. That's oh, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Kevin McKean Neal. again. Can't not be in the 90s film, can he? Michael McKean. Yeah. Be interesting <laughs> to see everyone. all these people. Any predictions? You got any predictions for a scene that might happen in this? All right. Okay. Here's a scene. I don't know if this will happen, but I reckon there's going to be a scene where one of the characters, who befriends the Coneheads, is cycling and he gets Dan Aykroyd in his basket and then they they do the jump like <laughs> E.T. and then he crashes and falls in a big pile of poo. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. With the Conehead alien. He's like, ah, my powers are the levitation. You guys, what you are, you have people watch too much, too many films. They walk off covered in shit. What about you? <laughs> Earth powers of levitation. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> the guy who's cycling would think that he could do ET powers because he's an alien. <laughs> he's like, no, I don't have those powers. Oh, fucking I no. just have a I'm cone not head. a writer. I just have a cone head. I think that there'll be a bit when someone t- tries to disguise him by putting him in a top hat. Mm. Like a really big one, though. Like a stovepipe or whatever shot. they're called. That could be good. <laughs> Or there'll be a yeah. bit where one of them tries to like lick a cat. That's what aliens always do in films, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, look at this delicious water, meal. Yeah. <laughs> Turn uh, around, I... Dan Aykroyd's just eating a cat. 
That'd be good. Oh, God. They go to the shop and, like, one of them bends down to pick something up, but they're kind of shielded. And then some kids are like, look, an ostrich egg. And they go over and, like, shake it. And it's like, ah! Yeah. That's my head! That's, that's my cone head! That's my cone head! That's my cone head! How much do you think they're going to say the word cone head in this? Should we keep count? <laughs> yeah, let's keep a tally because definitely uh, they're, they're fucking names are cone heads. So. Yeah. As always, when we watch this, we're going to have a thing called the Sandler Scale, which is a list of tropes that appear in Adam Sandler films, not Dan Aykroyd films. We're going to avoid actors, I guess, because we're probably not going to get too many Peter Dante's or whatever. But how many of the classic tropes do you think will appear here? These 90s ones that are kind of like weird cult classic films do tend to have quite a few of the stupid comedy things like the jokes about like an old woman or like a fart poo you know that stuff it's not unheard of that those things appear in a comedy film is it i think it's the more specific things that we're going to be missing out on like the stuff about everyone loving adam sandler him being good at sports all of that stuff but i think there'll be a decent amount of all the other antics that we usually find (laughs) i can't imagine this film's going to be restrained it's about three people with fucking cone heads (laughs) (laughs) that's all the mischief they can get up to So everyone, grab your comically sized top hats, grab your spacecraft, grab some cats that is going to be cooked up as a lovely roast dinner. (laughs) And uh, let's scour the internet to try and find a copy of this fucking film because we're going to go and watch Coneheads. Long live the Coneheads. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. Ah, pizza. I will enjoy it. And we are back. We have arrived home from the planet Conehead. <laughs> We've watched the film Coneheads a few weeks. No, not weeks ago, but like a few days ago. Luke, can you explain what Coneheads is? Yeah, well, I've got to take grievance immediately because they don't come from the planet Conehead. They come <laughs> from the planet... Re- you, you look a bit like a Conehead right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just the big, 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 balding head. <laughs> Sharp teeth. (laughs) Let's just get into this quick. So there's Beldar Conehead and his wife, who I've forgotten the name of. I'm going to say her name's probably like Janice Conehead. She's probably got a normal human name. Right, if you don't look up, if you tell me in the next five seconds what her name is, I'll give you £500. I can literally look through my notes and there's nothing. Nigel? (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, you got me. (laughs) I have no no idea. What is her name? Her name is Primat conehead primart does that ever get said i don't know i don't think so i wouldn't be able to know because you can't understand 75 percent of what the coneheads say yeah they have human names as well according to wikipedia but i don't remember that Uh, he's called donald r de chico and her name is mary margaret rowney but everyone calls them the coneheads yeah weird okay so they are two aliens from the planet remulac who have come to earth to invade it or take things from it or something Mm. I don't know. I don't think they say, or maybe they do, but they're using that crazy fucking conehead language. So I don't know what, what's going on. They crash and then they then become veiled story of the immigrant experience in America for most of it. Yeah. As they're being hunted by government agents who are the villains, but they're the good guys by far. <laughs> they never want to do anything evil. And then the film just is a series of sketches and skits that is endlessly loud (laughs) and that's it what did you think of coneheads well not much to be honest (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I really didn't like Coneheads. It was only like 82 minutes long as well, but it felt like I was watching some sort of it felt like I was I was trapped in a room with Dan Aykroyd wearing this stupid prosthetic head and just constantly <laughs> screaming like I like to eat cats or whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. This is what we are doing today. It was exhausting. It wasn't funny in the slightest. I think with some of these films, like I would compare this to, I think that was our big debate was whether or not it was a cult classic or not. But like, it reminded me a lot of Shakes the Clown, which was another film that people seem to kind of like, but I could not tell you one positive thing about it really, other than (laughs) the villain in that film was quite good. Whereas in this, there's just nothing good as far as I'm concerned. It was just boring and weird. Chris Farley plays a teenager, but he's 32 in it. Oh man. I know that was a big part of my notes was what the fuck are they doing with this teenage girl romance story with Chris Farley? But they keep saying he's pre-bubescent, but I I Googled it and oh, he's 29 in real life. And he looks 29. He looks 29. He looks older than 29. And they introduce him as a mechanic, like a a man in a job, not a kid. And then suddenly he's a teenager. Whatever. (laughs) This film, yeah, I kind of feel the same as you. I did not like this at all. It was really loud and nauseating and irritating and I kept wanting to just pause it and run away and (laughs) stop watching it and yet you say it's so short but it does feel really long and very shakes the clown Mm -hmm. but that definitely is an audience for this because I went on Letterboxd to review it or whatever or just log it it. half a star I gave it a I think I gave it one star out of five and most of the reviews are like three and a half four stars and I'm like what the fuck I know what film did they watch it was absolutely baffling because this is, well, this is obviously the product of a fucking lot of cocaine. Like, um, Dan Aykroyd, I think, this, this might be a lie. <laughs> I might be telling a porky here. But uh, he was quite famously a huge, well, everyone was doing it, weren't they? Just smashing yeah. coke and writing film scripts. And then this and Nothing But Trouble are just fucking insane. They're so mm-hmm. unpalatable and hard to watch. I don't even want to give it much merits for creativity because it's so off-putting to watch. Yeah. I think back in the intro, I said something about this being like if they made a film about the Argos aliens. And I said that as like a a shit reference to like a crap advert that wasn't funny. But after watching the film, I was like, yeah, that was actually fucking spot on. It was just like that. I think these characters could be funny for maybe 30 seconds if you can think of a really good scenario to chuck them into. I didn't bother watching back any of the clips of them on Saturday Night Live or anything, but like, I hated it. I didn't root for those characters in the slightest. They were annoying. When you have a quirky character like that, there needs to be something about them that grounds them. But like, there was a lot of stuff about how he was a good dad and shit, but like, I didn't fucking see it. All I saw was him like fixing printers. (laughs) <laughs> is that what he was doing as a job? Yeah, I have a few questions about the aliens of Remulac or whatever, these conehead aliens. I want to know what the fuck is... So these two aliens, they arrive on Earth and then they have the Priak, whatever I said her name was, gets pregnant. And then her waters breaks and then like it's like a flooding of water and then she gives birth. And then the next scene, their child is a teenager. How much time passes in that? Does this child alien 
age really, really rapidly? Or are we watching like 17 years pass? And if we have watched 17 years pass, why is David Spade exactly the same age? Everyone's the same age. Sinbad, he's still around. He's still the same age. Yeah, I don't understand. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then Chris Farley's dating a two-year-old while he's 29. (laughs) That's my point. So either one is everyone in this film, especially David Spade, does not age at all. Or two... This weird alien is two years old and the 29-year-old playing an 18-year-old Chris Farley is dating a two-year-old. Yeah, rubbing her conehead. It is very strange. I mean, also, if that's the case, like, society doesn't advance at all past, like, whatever this is set, 93 or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what? What films does this remind you of? uh, A little bit like Godfather 2. (laughs) 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 My favourite scene in this was when Beldar, like, got a gun to shoot the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other alien godfather in town and then broke the gun and in a little restaurant a yeah <laughs> well i thought that dan Aykroyd's performance is very very similar to um that of marlon brando it just shows that some risks pay off and some don't i guess <laughs> i can't think of anything this is like and i'm not saying that as a good thing this mm. is just awful to to sit through it reminded me of do you remember when they made a film of the cat in the hat yeah, with Mike yeah. Myers, it was like that sort of thing. Like it's just so gross, weird. It wasn't for kids though, was it? Because there's like a running joke about them like chewing a condom. There's a few but things. This, I don't know. This was like that era though. Like you think about Ghostbusters. That's a film for kids, right? It's about these men who hunt ghosts. But then there's a scene where a ghost gives Dan Aykroyd a blowjob in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So it's because of all the cocaine, mate. They were all just <laughs> mad. This is like 10 years after Ghostbusters, though, isn't it? Yeah, this is like 90s, isn't it? I don't, I, there's so much about this that's so questionable. And it also kind of gave me like a... Do you remember live-action Flintstones? Remember when they did that? And it was mm. all about like the little alien guy from it. And I don't know, There was all. there's quite a lot of films that this kind of did remind me of. They all look a bit muggy. There's something a bit muggy yeah. about them, like a bit sweaty and weird. And none of it's as funny as they probably... Like when they were filming it, they probably thought this was fucking hilarious. This was amazing, yeah. Was there anything about this that you liked, do you think? Um, I'm trying to look at my notes, but there's a lot of things that say this is shit. So I guess, <laughs> I guess probably not. Beldar sets off a firework. Fuck, I hate him. <laughs> Put that in there. I don't think there was really anything in this that I liked, to be quite honest. How about you? Very minor stuff. So I'd say out of the two main coneheads, I, I think that Jane Curtin as primer she's better i think she's a better character she's not really a character but i think her performance is a bit better than dan Aykroyd. dan Aykroyd is awful and i hated every second he was on screen but her she almost has a few delivery of lines which is quite good and i think there's one scene where she's like giving advice to her daughter which was almost all right i can't remember that she says something like goddamn she gives her daughter a hug and then like a little lightning bolt goes off her on her head she's like "Ah, i read in a magazine that you can talk to me about anything oh yeah i think i do remember that very good i liked Um, the subplot about him playing golf actually it was really good that was incredible he was just playing golf yeah (laughs) and the wife conehead has like a beauty spot on her cone that's quite Mm. funny i mean that's that's all right (laughs) doesn't Um, the daughter get like a henna tattoo on her cone as well yeah something like what are you doing to your cone Just, just shit. Do you want to um, know one thing that's weird is like you say about it being like the experience of immigrants and stuff, but I swear these cones get accepted into society so much more than like any other race would be in that time. 
yeah, you, that's it. You don't see if they're trying to tell an, a kind of earnest story about the um, plight of an immigrant in America, like Spanglish did. <laughs> if you try to tell a Spanglish story, then why are they? Why do they succeed at everything? And everyone loves them. Mm-hmm. There's no struggle for these these cone-headed aliens. Like I feel like expect. that would have made me sympathise more if they were persecuted and hated. Maybe. At least it'd make you root for them if there was some sort of adversary that they were going up against rather than just Michael McKean and David Spade in rooms shouting. Doing um, their job. <laughs> maybe like when she was at school, someone should have tried to throw like, I don't know, like a hula hoop onto her cone head or they could have been like graffiti yeah. in her locker of like an egg or something like that. I, that's quite good, yeah. If they were constantly getting bullied and she is essentially a human in this because she doesn't speak with the conehead language and she's been raised on earth for the what last couple of hours or years or 17 years or something yeah she's a second generation cone yeah so but does that mean is that why she has human teeth or did they surgically give her human teeth or yeah i don't know how that would work that's quick of evolution isn't it because there's a scene at the start with Beldar where he goes to the dentist and his mouth expands massively and the, and John Lovitz changes all his teeth to human teeth. But you never see that for the mum or the daughter. No. And also, do you see he's got like three layers of teeth like a shark? Maybe that was quite good. Do they have three layers of human teeth there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I really don't get anything to do with what the deal was with the Coneheads. So this is an 82 minute long film. There was a f- maybe four and a half minute sequence of a home video of the Conehead baby growing up. That took me out of it a I, bit. That's like literally like 4% of the film was that, was that montage. <laughs> I didn't mind that that scene. I don't know why. I thought it was all right, but it was just how fast the story progresses and yet the characters don't change whatsoever. So I'm like... It's just jarring. I, I don't know. I hated that scene. It seemed to just drag on and on. <laughs> I had so many questions. It was like, who's filming this video? Because... It's just all three of them in shot. Someone else is filming all their home videos, but they don't have another cone to do it. There's no tripod. It's shaky. I don't know. It's the mum. Yeah, it's the mum not filming it. No, no, she's in it. Maybe it's uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we go through all the actors who are in this? Because we think we mentioned there's so many. There just, are a lot. So we have Michael McKean, who is some homeland security or he gets a promotion doesn't he yeah his job title is but yeah he gets promoted and his assistant who's david spade who has the worst thing happen to him i've ever seen in any film which is (laughs) well this is jumping ahead but they go back to the conehead home world at the end of the film by accident they've brought along david spade and michael mckean who've attached themselves to the the conehead car so they get there and they're like oh we've got these human slaves for your home world or whatever so they're like in their pants with these neck things on and mm-hmm. they're like slaves to the coneheads and then they all leave and the coneheads say we want our prisoners back and then they go oh you can only get one of them so they get <laughs> take michael mckean so then david spade is then left alone aboard the mothership for the coneheads who then go back to glargan stark or whatever the fuck the planet is <laughs> and he doesn't even seem phased He's, he's no, he takes, up, he takes up a new job as like a yes man for the emperor of the <laughs> Coneheads. But why is he happy about this? Why did they not try and get him back? I don't know, he quite likes it, doesn't he? He's a sicko, I think. I found that very kind of viscerally upsetting. Maybe, maybe they should the do trip. a sequel like 30 years later of just David Spade still trapped in space, like the Martian, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get home. Science bitch. <laughs> then we've got Chris Farley we've mentioned. Sinbad is, mm-hmm. is in this. Yeah. Not really much to say about him. 
the guy from Jingle All the Way. Yeah, what an actor. He's he's the boss of when Beldar works at like repair shop, I guess. And TJ comes in from Juice Bigelow. We see him briefly and they love him because he's so fast. They they love his work. Yeah, not great. Not funny. But then do they... Right. Do the people think that these are actual aliens or do they think they're French immigrants when they're helping them out? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like the dentist sees Beldar's horrific face expand outwards with these sets of shark teeth. If I was him, I'd have gassed him and then, you know, killed him. Strangled. Yeah. <laughs> He's a monster. No, I'd keep him for experiments. Um, I'd have sent him to the Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new monster in town and he's a conehead. Hello, uh, welcome. I am coming to the hotel. <laughs> it'd be useful to have in a hotel, to be fair. He's great at repairs. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You've got to question what everyone's thinking in this film because the guy has, like, Dan Aykroyd's a big man anyway. But he's got a cone that adds like half a foot onto his head. He, <laughs> you couldn't was... believe that that's a person. I can't even think of any like disfigurement or anything that would uh, where someone would have that head. You'd giant... want to get him checked for like a tumor or something, wouldn't you? <laughs> got some sort of tumor that's made his head grow. Yeah, if I was in that scene looking at him, I'd be like, "This guy's there's something really medically wrong with him." I'd take him in for tests, and then you'd probably find out he's piss was blue and he doesn't have an arsehole and then you'd be like all right he's an alien let's fucking experiment on him yeah exactly yeah send no one cares the pentagon area 51 (laughs) yeah no one's that bothered really like other than two men and one of them's david spade who says yes to anything anyway so you could just say to him like we fuck off and he'll probably say yes so and michael mckean doesn't even seem that bothered I was expecting Michael McKean to be like he's in airheads another heads film uh, from this era airheads much better yeah, they're both not particularly good either. <laughs> right, let's get back to it. So we've got Michael Richards as Arnold. So that's Kramer from Seinfeld. I think we spoke about how he's a bad he man. He did that, a very bad man. Then Eddie Griffin, we, we mentioned. Uh, Phil Hartman is Marlax. What the hell's Marlax? He's one of the coneheads at the end. Is he like the he, he might have been the main one. Yeah, he might have been like the emperor. Because Phil Hartman, yeah, great comedian. Troy McClory. Awful story about Phil Hartman. Did his mm. wife kill him? It, no. Yeah, it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was sad. really horrible. And he was great. He's such a good like voice actor and stuff. It's crazy because this is the most cameo-heavy film other than like maybe Zohan that we've watched. And none of them are memorable. No, like I thought we're going to go through these. We're going to tell everyone about the characters. Not really anything. No. We've, we've got Adam Sandler now, our main man, as Carmine Wiener. I didn't know that's that was his, his name. name. Okay, that's a I better don't... joke than anything I remember hearing in this film. I don't remember them ever saying that name. <laughs> no, they definitely didn't say Carmine Wiener in this film, as far as I'm aware. What um, was your opinion of him in this? Well, like, considering we're an Adam Sandler podcast, we watch these films for Adam Sandler. This one was fucking disappointing that we watched this whole 82-minute film for that scene. Yeah, he's just... it wasn't good. It's just him as a, a person selling a fake identity papers. And that role could have been played by anyone. Yeah. Anyone could... Like, any look, any voice... Anyone could have played that role. It's not special whatsoever. It's kind yeah. of boring. It's not like bad. It doesn't stand out for being bad. You know, he hasn't done like a bad performance here or anything. But like my note on it is I would buy an identity from young Sandler. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the whole scene. Not a joke in sight. <laughs> Here's the problem. Right. I think I can break down structurally what the issue is here is that the Coneheads are our central characters. 
they are fucking insane and weird and viscerally upsetting to look at and disturbing and creepy and they sound awful mm-hmm. and they're irritating they're the biggest clowns you can get so everyone else has to be quite muted and boring to yeah. kind of show even more how outlandish they are so that's why every cameo is boring it's because you can't stand out when the person opposite you has a cone for a head and he's going oh can you believe this is happening to us do you know what it is i i've just clocked something that i think is like a problem with it is that there's not really a relatable energy in terms of like a leading character because you've got these three that are aliens i know that i think the daughter's probably an effort to try and like add a more human element to it but this film could have been so much better if they just ripped off E.T. and just had like the main conehead lands in someone's house and then a human tries to take him in and help him throughout and they're like the secondary lead. You know, like a buddy movie. Yeah. I know it's been done like E.T. and a bunch of other things that are similar to that. But like if it was someone else trying to hide him and help him and they were there through the whole film, they lived with them. Scenarios where they're like trying to disguise him and shit like that. Like it's it's generic for that kind of film, but that would be so much better than these conversations where you've got like three people that are speaking like a mile a minute in a language yeah. you can hardly understand and doing things that are so unusual but aren't funny. Whereas if you had someone to react like right at the start, he eats loads of mad stuff and he's like spraying like anti-back into his eyes and shit. Mm. But they just think it's normal. So you're just watching it like, mm. whereas if you had like a human like reacting, at least who'd that would be good for this era. Who would have been good at that? I'm immediately I'm thinking is Eddie Murphy as a kind of like, because I'm just thinking of trading places because they're both in that together. Mm. You've got Eddie Murphy's just like a, a character who plays in most like films. Maybe he's like a con man or like a kind of a shady dickhead, but he's like, funny and then you've got this fucking weird awful alien lands and he has to like take care of it and like stop the government trying to get it and Mm -hmm. and it but it's Stan Aykroyd and you do the ET story but with two grown-ups and the other aliens a dick and yeah hospital to like that would be all right I think that would be a lot better I think as well I mean I don't know they would probably fuck it up but having someone like Eddie Murphy that could then also play into the immigrant storyline or like the racism storyline, because these characters never really understand that they're being discriminated against, I don't think. Yeah. Massively. Whereas if there was someone else to sort of like spell it out for him and have some sort of emotional break rather than this guy still be like really, I don't know, really alien, I guess, at the end of it. He doesn't react like a character you would expect to react, does he? I know he has yeah. that sort of moment where they're like, oh, you're the best dad ever, but he's still just like, I'm going to go and fix a printer afterwards. He's still doing all that stuff. The whole storyline's kind of dark. Like it's about some aliens who come to Earth and then abandon their own their own identity to assimilate into a culture they'll never understand for the sake of their daughter. That's almost, if you say it out loud, it almost sounds like something good. And then it's just <laughs> fucking shit. Um, One of my notes was, I hope that this planet gets blown up like Krypton. they bloody deserve that so the next one of the other ones that i see here jason alexander so that's george from seinfeld's in this now george from seinfeld and jason alexander famously bald they're wearing a wig and the whole fucking time i was like conehead is bald this guy is clearly wearing a wig we're gonna have a wig blowing off scene or something's gonna happen with the wig and then mr conehead is gonna put the wig on that could have been good who, that who, never happened. Who was he? The friend, the friend who's his neighbor who he goes golfing with. Oh, yeah. And okay. I think there's a scene where they're using the lawnmower and he's holding onto his hair. I'm like, yeah. where, when's the wig scene going to happen? I didn't know any of this. I don't know who he is. I haven't watched Seinfeld. 
I think we've discussed he's, before. He's really good in Seinfeld. He's small, bald man in I've, it. I've definitely seen, now that you're saying it, I've seen like pictures and memes of that guy. Like when you said about Kramer before, this guy is the only character in Seinfeld that I had like, you know, when we're talking about airheads, this guy is the only character in Seinfeld that I can think of, like yeah. comes to my mind. The, the one that you're talking about now, the bald guy. George, that's, yeah. That's who I thought Kramer was when you said it back in airheads. But... <laughs> <laughs> until until like we watch the film i guess I, i'm stopping this podcast right this second for a moment it's all on netflix it came on netflix the other day just watch fucking seinfeld i'm sick of this i bullshit. like i don't You're like embarrassing shows. me i don't like shows with laugh tracks i don't like jerry seinfeld i don't really like american sitcoms that are like pre-2000 and i don't know free maybe this, i can't imagine i'm gonna like it this series changed comedy like Without I've this, also, have. But I've also heard people say that the first two series, you're welcome to skip them. And I think that doesn't bode well for a whole two series. I'd say just sure. the first series is the first series isn't that great, but then it gets good. The second series is good. As soon as you get to the uh the Chinese restaurant episode, it's good. I'm and... gonna stop you there after you've stopped me there. I'm not gonna get to the Chinese episode because I'm not gonna watch it. I like watching <laughs> prestige drama. <laughs> Just watch some Seinfeld. I'm sick of this bullshit. I'm, like, I'm 100% never going to watch it. I'm sorry. I just am never going to watch it. It's really good. Because I also was like, oh, I bet I'll not like it. And then I watched it. And it's really funny. And I'd recommend anyone watch it. Right, let's get back on track. Why would you have a bald man in a wig in a comedy film where they make reference to him holding his wig and you never see the wig leave his head? They set up a joke. That is Chekhov's gun in action. That's a... Uncocked, though, isn't it? It's uncocked. Jason Alexander's wig. Jason (laughs) Alexander's wig, and it appears, and I'm waiting for some comedy thing with it, and nothing happens. I think they didn't have any budget left after doing the uh, stop-motion rancor at the end of the film. Oh yeah, there's a rancor fight in this. Uh, <laughs> that's so weird. Like, yeah, that does sound like they were setting up. I mean, like, I I didn't notice it, but I also didn't really look at this film very much because I had my phone there. Why would I watch Coneheads while I had a phone? But yeah, that does sound like an unfulfilled joke. Who else? What, what other cameos have we got? What other cameos? I'm gonna rattle these off quick, uh, and I'm only gonna say names I know. <laughs> Nealon's in it. Nealon's in it as Kevin. I do not remember Kevin Nealon in this film. I think he worked with McKean and some of the others let me see if i've got any notes i definitely would have written down there's Neilan, but i don't think i i said anything. i definitely i didn't i put dan Aykroyd is so tall and so is kevin Neilan. <laughs> that's all i wrote about it joey lauren adams from big daddy's in this but i don't remember her in it she's one of you know there's like a trio of friends with what's that is it connie conehead is that the kid i think it actually is is it yeah, I think her name's Connie Conehead. It is yeah. Connie Conehead. Why did they give her a human name? Why did they give her Beldar and Primat? Why did they give her a... I don't know, whatever. maybe her name was like Yapslash, but when, <laughs> she's, when she's with the humans, that's what they call her, maybe. But yeah, she's one of her friends. <laughs> Let's get carry on. Ellen DeGeneres was in this? When? Swimming coach. She's their swimming coach. Don't remember. Did I watch this film? I don't remember any of this. Tim Meadows, I don't remember him in it. Oh yeah, he's at the end. He's like the only black Conehead. He fights the rancor. Oh, he was the guy who's fighting the rancor. (laughs) And then we've got John Lovitz as a dentist. I think that's the closest thing to a good cameo out of all of those. Yeah, he was all right. Still not great, but like it's John Lovitz. We'll buy it. So I like Jason Alexander, but I'm annoyed about the lack of payoff for the joke. And I like John Lovitz and I didn't like anyone else. I, I really wish I had more to say about this film. I feel like we've been speaking for about three minutes about it. Right, I'm going to rattle off notes. All right, go on. I hate the 90s. I wrote that. 
Yeah, I'm not a big 90s guy. Even the good 90s films films. still make me cringe a little bit. It's this whole cocaine-fueled writing where they don't even write jokes, they just write shit. What about the phrase blunt blunt skulls? What did you think of that? That's what they called humans for a little bit. I don't remember them calling them that. They said it once or twice. And then I think Uh, Adam Zander and he's got an egghead, so they couldn't say blunt. (laughs) I kept writing, like, why are they not wearing big hats? I was expecting more big hats in this film. They say that. Then, yeah. And what do they wear? No, no, before that. What does he disguise himself as in the middle act of this film? An Indian man wearing a turban and doing an Indian accent. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yes, he wears a turban. And he becomes part of, like, the Asian community, doesn't he? Of cab drivers. It's very... That is very... Oh, my God, that is so racist. Yeah. Yeah, And David Spade wears one as well when he goes undercover. He's wearing a turban. Yeah, why was he wearing a turban? But it's very obviously the American actor David Spade. (laughs) Bad disguise. He wrote, Sinbad is still here. Way too much coke has been consumed. Why is Spade in a turban? Conehead baby. <laughs> what a, what a, what yeah, a I've form. got Conehead baby is a note as well. I think, doesn't the, the wife say, I am with Cone? I think that might have been a time where I slightly laughed. She reveals she's pregnant. I am with Cone. I was a bit okay with that. Yeah. Jason Alexander with hair. Wig is coming off, definitely. That wig is going on a cone. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit I quite liked, actually. I said I didn't like any of it, but there was one part when um, Beldar Cone was driving a car and he had the sunroof open so his cone head could stick out of it. That was okay. That was quite good. Would good have been better if like, a bird perched on it or something. Yeah, like he got bird shit on his head. Yeah. What have I got on my cone? Struck by lightning and dies 20 minutes into the film, that would have been all right. <laughs> He'd been struck by lightning on the top of his cone, and then he'd turn into, you know, like Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 3, but he'd go Spanish. Spanish, yeah. Hola! (laughs) Um, We should have written Coneheads. That turns it way better. (laughs) Could have been such a good film. I've written a note that says, Was that a CGI Subway sandwich? Do you remember that part? Yeah, I saw where they eat those Subways, and Chris Farley's like, Whoa, no one's ever sucked down a foot long like that since my ma. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, great. Coral freights. <laughs> I mean, some egregious, there's a lot of um, product placement in this one, I would say. I think this is pretty heavy on it. Yeah, there's, there's a fair bit, but that's the only thing I can remember product wise. There was a Pepsi machine. Spoilers for the sand scale. There's a bit where there's like a Pepsi machine and she, and the mum like punches it and that's how they pay for the hotel on their first night on Earth. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of supermarket scenes in this as well, but none of them are very memorable. I just remember them walking around supermarkets that looked like they were made of plastic. Do you remember the scene where Beldar and uh, Labang or whatever her name was? <laughs> Martinez, <laughs> wasn't it? Primate. Oh, Primate. Primate. So remember when Primate and Beldar fuck? That was a good scene. Did they? They fucked. Well, they, he comes home and she's wearing like a renaissance Oh, yeah, she's dressed wig. as a, a human, isn't she? And she's going, hello there, my beloved Beldar. <laughs> <laughs> you have come home and I am going to treat you the way that human women do. Please drink a big bowl of punch. And then you just hear this like... <laughs> On yes. David Spade's monitor and they're fucking. I've got the only note I wrote for that is I don't need suggested conehead sex, Kona slash boner. This could have been a good pun. <laughs> right. How how do you think a conehead fucks? <laughs> they don't have any holes. Oh like, god. I bet he doesn't have a dick. Fingers in the nose? Oh, probably. I bet they rub their cones together and then oh, yeah. cum flies out the top of his cone. Out of the pores <laughs> of the cone. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I, think right, I, I think that when they get excited, their cones go flaccid. And that's what they, do. they like knock them making, together. Am I making this up when he sees his wife? Doesn't his cone get bigger? <laughs> I wrote, ooh, his cone expanded. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, and I wrote, I can't wait to see them fuck. And then they cut away. <laughs> Cowards. There's one part in this where I want to say it's possibly in the top five worst acting moments in any of these films that we've ever seen. So about an hour into the film, in film time, two hours in real time, there's a part when the UFO comes to Earth. They're all stood in the street. Coneheads are about to get arrested. Everyone's looking around up at this this UFO. I was probably um, on my phone. <laughs> well, it's when, they, it's when they get taken back to yeah. Motherland or whatever. David Spade sees the UFO, and I feel like I could hear the director go, Look left and then look right with your arms stretched out. He goes, and it is the worst acting I've ever seen. Because he's looking on the ground as well, and the UFO's up in the sky. <laughs> what's, what's, what's up there? What's up there? Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's trying to look at a mirror that's on the floor to see it or something. <laughs> but honestly, to say that that is a bit of bad acting in this film that is full of badness, it was shocking. How that Ooh. man went on to be Joe Dirt, I do not know. <laughs> of his performance in that moment. We've gone over kind of the end of the film where he has to fight in a gladiator ring. I don't know how someone as stupid as Beldar managed to fight that monster. Because he's no. an idiot. Whatever. And then the final bit is they come back to Earth, they go back to their own houses, the cone heads all think they're dead, so they can just stay on Earth peacefully. And the film ends with Dan Aykroyd perving on his own daughter. Mm. Where, like, she comes down the stairs... And Chris Farley's going like, oh, homina, 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 homina. and it cuts to Dan Aykroyd, who's going, oh, homina, 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 homina. Yeah, uh, I don't understand what that was all about. What do you think, you... Let's Let's speak more about the rancor, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why, why was it like that? Why was it like that? When this film came, came out, did they not have, like, how old, when did this film come out? 95? 93. 93, oh, okay. You know what it is? I'm think I'm looking back at these sort of films with like a Star Wars remastered trilogy, you know, when they started like adding the digital <laughs> effects. But I was like, why is it stop motion? Why is it like Ray Harryhausen? I thought that was like 1960s. I, I kind of like the Rancor bit. I like the fact that it was a weird stop motion monster. It's weird amount of detail for something so shit. Like, yeah. again, the same with the planet Conehead or Beldark or whatever the fuck. What was the planet? I can't remember anything. Remulac? Was it Remulac? Remulac, yeah. So the design of Remulac is very weird and like there's all cone shaped Everything's cone things. Shape, and yeah. There's like a million extras all wearing cone heads. And the amount must of effort, have used a lot, a lot of budget at that. But if you look at Nothing But Trouble, I think I mentioned it in the intro as well, another one of these weird coke fueled things. The costumes and the set design of that Transylvania or some shit in that mm. film it's fucking insane and so intricate and you've almost got to respect how much money and creativity they've had to put into something this terrible rubbish yeah yeah it's weird you you could imagine that scene people looking at that and being like oh that's a nice like love letter to like i don't know clash of the titans or whatever that had that sort of stop motion and shit but like it does stand out really badly i think it just doesn't yeah. fit with the rest of the film does it <laughs> This film's just a baffling. Do you reckon that there is a limited edition um, skull vodka that's conehead shaped? <laughs> I'd love that, you know. <laughs> if, if anyone, uh, if anyone has got a, if anyone knows anything about glass working, if they could get me a, a skullhead vodka bottle and then merge it so the the head becomes like a 
disgusting cone head shape. I'll uh, I'd love that. If someone's got a, a glass blowing factory, <laughs> I'm gonna just go through trivia in case there's anything interesting. But I doubt oh, there is. I'm ready to be excited. Uh, that's Dan Aykroyd's daughter who plays the young version of Connie Conehead. Guess what Dan Aykroyd's daughter's called? Danielle. Danielle. Oh, <laughs> what a prick. God. I hate that so much. Danielle Aykroyd. Um, he says at the end of the film, I have 55 words to say to you. And then he says 55 words. God, it's almost like someone <laughs> someone wrote a script. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? God, there's not much here. This is no. rubbish. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying most Right. Oh, God, I'm fucking knackered. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm getting bored reading this. <laughs> this is exhausting. How many uh, of these I'm... 90s films do we have left? Because I don't think I can do this much longer. <sighs> these are the worst ones we do. They're just exhausting and boring and, and mm-hmm. not fun. And they're barely even fun to talk about. You know what would be interesting, and I would love to see, would be a documentary about the making of this film. But it doesn't scenes. sound like this anything was exciting was going on behind the scenes. Look at that trivia page. Yeah, you're right. If there it was just... something about how, like, I don't know, he was snorting cocaine off of Tim Meadows' cone head or something, then, I, then I'd get it. But <laughs> <laughs> We've said a lot of things about Dan Aykroyd today. I would like to apologise to the Aykroyd family for making so many allegations. Let's get on to our uh, Sama scale. How did you do? You know what? For a film as boring as this, I did pretty bloody well on my sand the scale this week. I got seven out of nine marked off. I got a bingo in 27 minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. That was bald joke, which I ticked just the cone heads. Yeah. That's fair. Product placement, which was the Pepsi vending machine right at the start that I said about already. And then I ticked it. The last one was montage, which was the home video of the baby. So that's like the third main character, that little girl. And she doesn't come into it until 27 minutes into the film. In an 82-minute film. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Well, a lot of that's a gladiator fight scene as well. Yeah, true. And to be fair, her introduction is that four and a half minute long home video montage. So (laughs) more way to be introduced. I had Tim Meadows on there. Tick that, eaten by Rancor. Fast food. There's a bit right at the start where he microwaves a pizza. And then I think he he puts something mad on it. I can't remember what. Probably like toothpaste or... Bleach or something. Yeah. Olives. (laughs) Mad. 70s or 80s rock song I put. Tainted Love. I think that appears a few times throughout the film. I think he sings it when he's about to fight the Rancor, doesn't he? He's like, Tainted Love. Tainted Love. Horrible. Uh, Misogyny. Chris Farley grabs Connie's cone. He does. And we haven't even mentioned that horrible, like, rape scene that happens kind of that he's like oh you're ready for it you're ready and he's like forcing himself upon her but then he's still the romantic interest and he gets trying to pressure her and stuff yeah that's That's fucking gross like really gross decision Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all the ones i ticked i didn't get a bikini i can remember and i didn't get a fart which could have been good there could have been like a fart and he could have said like something like i don't know what is that is that the sound oh, of the sound. trumpets at dawn? Or something like that, I don't know. Ah, oh, buddy, that's that's what we call a fart. Why, why you can't fart? Mm, of course I can! And then he creates <laughs> like a giant fart out of his belly button. That like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kills someone. Yeah, <laughs> it kills Jason. No, the fart blows uh, Jason Alexander's wig off. Incredible. Like, wait, wait a second. That piece of protein hair was not actually really attached to your skull. <laughs> and then he believes that Jason Alexander is also a conehead. 
You're a codehead this whole time. Hello there, fellow fellow guardian. He licks his head or something. I don't know. We need to do the code of truth. <laughs> <Rough code. laughs> so yeah, this film could have Lossless. been so good. How did you do on your sandless scale? I did all right. I got five out of nine. I got a line in 45 minutes, 24 seconds. But I feel like you're going to get annoyed at one of my... Um... Okay, let me just go through them. I can't so get any was... more annoyed than I already am. <laughs> so my line was logo, which I got for Subway sandwiches and for the drinks machine earlier. Horrible voice immediately. Yeah. These are two of the most horrible voices we've ever had. Really, really awful. And then the last one I got on this line was genuinely heartfelt moments. Now, bear with me. Is it when he grabs the scene, their cone? Yeah. The, the scene when... <laughs> The scene when she's in bed all upset, the daughter, and the mum speaks to her about like how she had a boyfriend and then he broke her heart and then he met she met Beldar and then they kind of like rub cones and she's like, I love you, mum. That was heartfelt. Hmm. I'll I'll give you it. I'll give you've sold me on it. I'll give you it. I audibly went, Oh. <laughs> thing the thing for me that makes that difficult is that I didn't feel anything through this whole film. So look, this is this is how empty this film made me feel. The top of my page of notes, in the intro, we must have discussed this. I wrote conehead count. I was going to do a tally every time they said conehead. I couldn't even be fucked to do that. I just didn't bother. That's I also could be fun. And I think that's testament to how little visual things I remember because I think I was just on my phone, like, kind of listening. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to engage with this. I wrote a uh, rock opera during this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was writing fan fiction where uh, <laughs> Beldar Conehead sucks Dracula off. <laughs> what is this coursing pleasure that flows through my cone dick? <laughs> oh, yes. Suck it hard for me. Suck it, Beldar. Dracula has a bit of a cone head when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the other ones that I had I had product placement, a subway, and fat joke for. Mm -hmm. I don't remember when. Is there a fat joke? Maybe Chris Farley says something. Yeah, he says like about his mum sucking down a Subway sandwich yeah. in, in mere seconds or whatever. The only things I didn't get, I didn't get hits in balls. For all I know, the Coneheads do not have balls. No balls. I'd love to know what they're... I'd I bet Dan Aykroyd has... This is how crazy this guy is. I bet he has like information sheet of everything about this race of aliens like their biology their religion their culture i bet he's got it like somewhere in a vault i bet there's an explanation of how coneheads have sex and mr Aykroyd, if you're listening to this if you want to send us an email to <laughs> the sandlipit at gmail.com i would fucking love to see any behind the scenes notes about these horrible aliens i'd love that imagine you're massive him still listening to this podcast like 50 minutes what in or whatever after you eviscerated him call him a cokehead <laughs> <laughs> it's conehead not cokehead sitting in his mansion drinking his skullhead vodka just shouting at his phone he just keeps snorting conane <laughs> Addicted to cone. <laughs> I've got a real problem with crack conane. <laughs> so shit. All right, I did get uh, Sandler sings. Sandler barely does anything. I didn't get vomit, and I didn't get violent kids. So yeah, not too bad on the uh, scale, but you got one faster. Yeah, it's a film that should have so much more tropes, and it should be it should be memorable for what it is. But there's just something that's missing there. Like this, but, it should be crazy, but it's just kind of not. Like with, with that's my boy in Grown Ups too. 
we made a drinking game we had drinks we had fun and we had fun watching it you couldn't do that with this you couldn't have fun in any way i saw someone once describe entertainment as like a kind of bell curve you've got like really good entertainment is obviously a friend and it's high in kind of enjoyment levels and you've got really bad shit is really like enjoyable to watch because it's so bad and then mm. in the middle is like this kind of mediocre zone where it's just shit and yeah. it's just bland and boring and awful to watch so it's not awful enough to be fun it's just shit mm. and whatever like the film um, venom <laughs> That's like the film Coneheads. Who do you think would win in a fight, Venom or Beldar? <laughs> Beldar, easily. You just put loads of metal posts on the floor and bang them until the symbiote falls off. Oh, you're thinking of Spider-Man 3 Venom. I was <laughs> thinking of Tom Hardy Venom. It's, like... it's, it's all the same. They're the same man. They both speak like that weird way as well. They're both very similar. Oh, oh I'd have such a headache. <laughs> Luke. Codeheads, are we hopping aboard the spaceship and we're getting flown right into the center of the castle where no. it'll be celebrated with let me finish <laughs> where it'll be celebrated with the likes of did we put that's my boy in the castle? No, we didn't. We said vanilla uh, ice can come in though. Alright, so you can party down with vanilla ice and the car from Murder Mystery. Or is it going to be crash land into the dreaded pit where it'll be hopefully forgotten forever? Where are we putting it? I think that this film already has almost been forgotten forever. So I think it's only right that it goes into the sand of the pit, to be honest. Very, very light on redeeming qualities. Feels like a fever dream of a film. Doesn't really feel like a film. It's a collection of scenes that have been jumbled together and sort of stuck together with like some sort of cocaine glue. <laughs> Honestly, like such a missed opportunity, I think, with quite a funny concept that's just been overcomplicated to the point where these characters are just a little bit too much. If they looked funny and acted funny, that'd be one thing. But the fact that they then have to have this stupid voice, act in this certain way, all of that stuff, it's just too much. They're too full on and too difficult to watch and hang around with for 82 minutes. There's no interest in human character for them to bounce off of. It's just alienating in a weird way. It tries to do almost like a, like a social justice warrior storyline about them being getting the immigrant experience, but it also manages to fuck that up by not really showing anything. Mm. I don't know. I just, I, I had a hard time watching this and like, I'll never watch it again, never think about it again, apart from when I'm editing this fucking recording. And <laughs> yeah, I would like this film to be blown up on Krypton by Eldar's <laughs> stupid shit firework. <laughs> it's rubbish. I'm not a fan of it. That's, he sets up a fucking nuclear bomb in a yeah. school, like Oppenheimer. <laughs> just and doesn't he just put on sunglasses, but also doesn't warn anyone else yeah. to do it? The guy's a fucking... <laughs> I hate Velda. I'd love to beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> love to just Freak. smack his fucking cone head. Crack it like an egg. <laughs> uh, How about you, Pit or Castle? Uh, I'm going to say something controversial now. I think it should be in the uh, pits now. <laughs> Definitely joking. This is a fucking piece of shit. It's a cocaine-fueled nightmare that's feverish and off-putting and upsetting to watch. There's very little I like in this film. It joins the same group of films that Dan Aykroyd was in, in this kind of era, which are baffling and awful to watch. And there are fans of this, and maybe we're just not looking at the bigger picture or not appreciating something that is there. I can all, no. I can appreciate some of the visual effects and the kind of world building, but the comedy is shit, and this episodic nature makes it feel like twice the length. 
and mm-hmm. yeah, completely deserves to go into the pit. For me, the whole film felt like adverts. Like I'm thinking about it now, and like the bit where he's in the dentist, I could just imagine that being like a toothpaste advert being like don't want to be like this guy make sure you brush twice a day and then like them eating the subway and stuff like all of it feels like shit 30 second adverts that you would see and everyone would be a bit like that was a bit weird wasn't it and everyone would talk about it because it was something unusual you know like those weird uncomfortable adverts but like 82 minutes of a film that feels like that is just it's just not right is it it's just rubbish imagine an 82 minute film about the uh go compare man that'd be awful wouldn't it mm-hmm a star is born. Be better than this. Film about him. <laughs> In the shot, shot He's like, turn around. I want to just have one more look at you. <laughs> the go compare man. Oh. His curly hair. I fucking, I hated this. I thought it was absolute shit. I think this is in my bottom three. I reckon. Really? Yeah. I think so. I don't even know this. Some of the other bad ones at least had so much baffling stuff. Like, this has got baffling stuff in it, don't get me wrong. But, like, we really did hate the cobbler, but we had so many funny conversations about that. Whereas with this, this is just, like, licking <laughs> wallpaper paste. I don't know what that is. This is better than the cobbler. Don't fucking say it that. Pro- it probably is. Probably is. Well, it definitely is a better film. But, like, the experience of watching it and talking about it hasn't even been fun. So, like, that, even that makes me lose points. I've hated this hour. <laughs> I'm going to be frank. Oh, with you. man. I hate this hour. <laughs> I've quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I like it's nice these. to see you, but like. <laughs> well, let's give me my takeaway from that. Let's ruin the rest of my stuff. <laughs> Your friend hates spending time with you. <laughs> That's what Coneheads has done. This is like a divorce causing film. It's causing a rift. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we decided this film is fucking in the pit. I never want to see anything about this again, except. I'd love to see the production notes from Dan Aykroyd. Like, I, I'm, I've just Googled Dan Aykroyd cocaine earlier, and it's fucking crazy. There's this story about Blues Brothers, and he's saying, like, they've apparently went into John Belushi's trailer, and there's a fucking mountain of cocaine in there. <laughs> and Aykroyd explained during nighttime shoots, cocaine was used as a reward to keep the cast and crew alert and motivated. At the time, people were using it, so there was money set aside to get through the nights, and a little reward at the end of the nights for our hardworking crew was a load of cocaine. Now, it says 40 years later, Aykroyd promises that Coke had nothing to do with his co-star's exceptional performances. I was not a user, but unfortunately, John succumbed to a cousin of it. He said of Belushi, who died of a drug overdose. Oh, so he's not a cocaine addict. He's never been, he's never <laughs> even been in the same room as cocaine. I've listened to that man speak on things. He's I've been definitely, like, he's definitely <laughs> on something, even if it's just vodka. <laughs> Skullhead okay. vodka then. Maybe it was just he was hitting the skullhead hard. Or maybe he's just fucking crazy. I want to apologise to Dan Aykroyd. You might believe in spooks and ghouls and aliens and all this mad bullshit, but you're not a cocaine user, maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> you just knew that about all these mountains of cocaine and used to feed your crew it like a treat at the end of a working yeah, day. Like fucking but Charles you... Manson with a camera. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Well, he used to feed these people like drugs, didn't he? That's how he got them to do his dirty work. And that's how this guy got Coneheads made. Very similar when you think about it. I heard <laughs> it was a Coneheads cult that killed Hollywood stars. The Coneheads. <laughs> the Conehead family. Doing creepy, creepy crawls as the Coneheads. <laughs> <laughs>
Imagine seeing that silhouette at your window. All those teeth. They just leave bite marks in all these celebrities. Imagine watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the film is a bunch of people with cones fans. Brad Pitt on the roof fixing the antenna and he looks down and just sees Beldar cone nested there. <laughs> up it. Then Brad Pitt smashes that fucking person's head against the thing, but he's so big. <laughs> like, gets the paper mache bits of the cone off first. Go, and smash. Goes to a cowboy ranch just full of cone heads. <laughs> Bruce Dern's having sex with a young cone head. He's rubbing his head on that cone. <laughs> <sighs> that would be a better film than this one. Let's play a that Stanley would be game. Way better. <laughs> Yeah, let's play a silent game. Very quick one this week because this film drained me of any joy. <laughs> it's, called who's, it's a game called Whose Cone Is It Anyway? You're going to show me some heads. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture of the top of a thing and you're going to tell me if it's an egg or if it's a cone. <laughs> Such a good game for an audio podcast. <laughs> Whose Cone Is It Anyway? <laughs> I love the name of that. I'm going to come up with a game in the next few weeks about Whose Cone Is It Anyway? I'm going to come up idea. with that as a real game. Now, I'm just doing 20 questions. I've come up with three characters from Sandler films you've got to ask me questions and work it out god I'm so tired for a game like this this is gonna be good okay were you good to go I'm good to go question one do they have a conical head (laughs) (laughs) yes is it Beldar Conehead no is it Primark Conehead yes okay the next one Ask me, ask me a question. Do they have a conical head? Yes. <laughs> Is it Connie Cone head? No. Is it Beldar Cone head? Yes. <laughs> have you only got three of these? <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Is this Connie Cone head? <laughs> That is not your whole game. <laughs> Do they have a conical head? <laughs> the funniest thing you've ever said. You ready? I am. What's your question going to be? Was one of the cone heads actually a right answer? Or have we got three? No, <laughs> we've got three answers. I just, I just, I was going to do with Tim Meadows as a cone head as well. <laughs> But I was tired of that bit. It was good. Uh, am I male? Yes. So right, it's a man. Um, no, I didn't say it was a man. I said it was male. Male, okay. Am I a lead character? No. Okay. Am I in a Happy Madison film? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> yes. Right. Mm. Am I the kids from Big Daddy? Oh, uh, that's always a good go-to with me, isn't it? <laughs> I always, I always pick the one of the Sprouses. <laughs> He's a Sprouse fan. What can he say? Am I in a film that came out in the noughties? Um, hang on, <laughs> should have my research. No. Okay. Am I in a film that came out in the nineties? No. Okay. Um, am I in a Netflix film? No. Okay. Uh, am I a a bad person. No, one of the best people. Okay, great person who's who's male, not in a Netflix. Not a man. No. It's not a man, but he's male. Am I? Am I human? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> am I from the planet Remulac? No, I'm joking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not a question. No, no, you're not from the planet Remulac. All right. Am I animated? No. Oh, fuck. 
So I'm not human. Am I an animal? Yes. One of the best is an animal. One of the things I just thought of was the donkey from Ridiculous Six, but that's in a Netflix film. <laughs> oh my god. Am I from a like rom com? Yes. Am I in a film that Adam Sanders the lead character of? No. Right. Fuck. What film could this be? What the hell? <laughs> Jesus, what is this? <laughs> is this hard mode? Um, I thought this was quite easy. God. It probably is. I'm just, I'm all cone-headed. Tired. Uh, is this a film we've watched? Yes. Is this a film we liked? No. No. I've done 15 questions. Fuck. Yeah, I feel like I've got no idea. <laughs> I can't think of any that we've watched. I don't want to give a clue. I don't period. want to give a clue, but like it's. Oh it's... my god! <laughs> there we go. Am I the gorilla from <laughs> Zookeeper? Yes. Now, extra special point. If you can tell me what his name was, do you have a name? Yeah. Yeah. You got five seconds. Five. Fuck it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no. His name was Bernie. He was, was the it? best character. Yeah, Bernie the gorilla. Aww. Good guy. Okay, yeah, you ready for good. the next one? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Am I male? Yes. Am I a lead character? No. Am I played by one of the grown-ups? No. Am I in a Happy Madison film? Yes. Um, am I in a film that came out in the noughties? No. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? 90s or noughties? The noughties, the zero zero. Oh, yeah, it came out in the noughties. All right. Um, you say it was a Happy Madison film, yeah? Yeah. In the noughties. Right, okay. Am I in a film that we put into the castle? Yes. Am I in a film that came out in the early noughties, the first half? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, am I in Mr. Deeds? No. Anger Management? No, that's definitely not the cast live. <laughs> oh yeah, shit. <laughs> cool stuff. Fuck that film. Am I a bad character, like a bad person? Oh, now that's kind of it's kind of subjective. What is bad? What is good? He's not a villain, but I wouldn't say he's good. Okay. Um, am I in Big Daddy? No. Oh, that came out in '99 anyway, didn't it? Mm. Am I an adult? Yes. <laughs> oh, good. <The> fuck. <laughs> There's a lot of kids in these films. You think it's one of the Sprouses again? <laughs> <laughs> I just always think it's the Sprouses. No, I thought it might have been the uh, O'Doyle kid from Click. Ah, right. Actually, you know, Click's in the fucking pit as well. What am I talking about? Am I in Fifty First Dates? No. What other films even came out in that time? Am I in an Adam Sandler-led film? Yes. 15 questions. You've got six more. Fucking hell. This is hard today. I don't know if I'm just not in the right this mind is, frame or something. It is, we're in hard mode slightly. Oh, okay. Um, am I played by a famous actor in the no. sense of like Henry Winkler? No. No. Fuck's sake, that doesn't make it any easier, does it? Am I a member of the Happy Madison troupe? Yes. Am I Alan Covert? Yes. Am I Alan Covert, the lawyer in Big no. Daddy? Two more questions. Fuck, I'm not going to get it, I don't think. I don't think we've ever failed at 21 questions before, have we? This is <laughs> monumental. This is what Coneheads We need a little losing theme. <laughs> <laughs> like when you die on GTA and it says, like, <laughs> this is wasted. <laughs> Alan Covert. 
Oh, God, I've even got the actor. That's fucking painful, that is. So you've got an early 2000s Adam Sandler-led Happy Madison film with Alan Covert in a speaking role. In the castle as well. And he's not a particularly good guy. He's not a particularly bad guy. He's just there. And it's in the castle. Well, I know one where he's definitely a bad guy that it can't be. Um, real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm fucking stumped. Alan Covert. I've gone blank. I've gone so blank on the films. Two more questions. I already said it's not Mr. Deeds, didn't I? I know. I'm just covering my face so I don't have any tells. Right. Keep covering your face while I Google it. (laughs) (laughs) We covered it for the podcast not too long ago. Very early 2000s Sandler film. Oh, my God. Uh, Little Nicky. character actor. Bonus point if you remember his name. I'm not going to remember his name. Gary? I don't know. <laughs> Barry, it's Todd. It's Todd. Todd. Okay, yeah. Uh, you ever met drowns. someone called Todd? No, there was, wasn't that one of the characters in Pokemon? I Have I made know. that up? You're thinking of Toad from Mario. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Todd in That's My Boy. It was Andy Samberg, wasn't it? Oh, no. it's uh, Yeah, it's Todd Snap from Pokemon. He's the Pokemon Snap kid. The photographer. Oh, oh Todd, okay. Todd Snap. God. It's Todd like you, Snap, yeah, of course. Yeah, even, Todd Snap. It's like you weren't even a fan. Fake 90s kid. <laughs> I, I dressed as Todd Snap <laughs> to go to Comic Con. <laughs> you are Todd Snap. <laughs> Google him. You look exactly like Todd Snap. Is he fucking, is he really fit? <laughs> <laughs> He's not not fit. Todd Snap. Todd Snap six pack. <laughs> what does Todd Snap do in Pokemon? That's one of the suggested questions. Todd, Todd Snap looks like someone in your who'd be in your family, Luke. Like a kid in your family. I don't have any ginger kids in my family. Is he ginger? He's got brown hair. I don't have any brown-haired kids in my family. <laughs> They're all. Pro- yeah, I guess he's a little bit. He's got a good look about looks- him. I think he's Professor Oak's grandson. <laughs> That's some bullshit. No, he's not. That's Gary. <laughs> That's Gary. Fake fan. <laughs> All right, let's keep this All train right. moving. Okay, the last one. Come on. Do I take pictures of Pokemon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Todd Snap. You have a conical head. <laughs> All right. Am I a female? No. Mate, you're, a, mis- you're a misogynist. Put- <laughs> now, listen to me now. Adam Sandler puts no women in these films. <laughs> and I already did Connie Conehead. <laughs> she's not a woman. She's a Remulon. She's um, a Remulac. <laughs> Remulacian. Okay, so it's a man. Am I a member of the Happy Madison gang? Sort of. Right. Am I Henry Ish. Winkler? No. Oh, damn it. Am I in a Happy Madison film, this character? Yes. Is this film from the 2010s? No. Is this film from the the noughties? The zero zero yes. S's? Okay. Yes. Is this a pit film? Yeah. I don't think it should have been. Is this... From Eight Crazy Nights? No. Damn it. Is this like, uh, is this Grown Ups? No. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> when did That's My Boy come out? Was that 2009? <laughs> is this That's My Boy? No. Do I think of the ones that you've argued to be in the castle? I like. There's only a few that I really like and you hated. <laughs> this is one of them, I think. I hated it. Oh, no, you did hate it, but... I think I was like, I think it might be Castle. But you were like, no, it's definitely Pitt. <laughs> is this the animal? Yes. Okay. Side note, Joe Tarone was at my house yesterday and uh, when we had a tea, I gave him the mug with the animal on it. And he said, is that some of Luke's art? <laughs> he called it art. <laughs> that mug. Art. 
<laughs> oh, I love Jethro. <laughs> Call it that shit art. Right, so the animal, kind of a member of the Happy Madison troop, but not really. Am I Norm MacDonald in the animal? Yes, well done. There's Rest in peace. Townie, some kind of townie, I guess. I was going to say, uh, name, name the character. I don't know, like Torchman or something. Torch I wrote down villager. To- I wrote down Torchman. He's, he's credited as mob member. So That's no not really fair, because he's a standout mob member there in his best role. He is, he's way better than a mob member. They should have mm. given him a name like Carl. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so that's done. I think you I, did I that game it. backwards, because the first one was the hardest one. The first one was Beldarcone. <laughs> oh yeah, Beldarcone was quite easy, actually. I did a, a very rare six-character. Six, uh, <laughs> Our longest game yet. What are we watching next week? Let's let's stop fucking talking about fucking Coneheads. Next week, we're going to be slipping on our conical head once more as we rewatch <laughs> For a commentary special of Coneheads. <laughs> commentary special. No, next week, we're going to be actually doing something that I've wanted to do for the whole year that we've been doing this. We're going to be watching and talking about Uncut Gems, mm. um, the 2019 drama film from the Safdie brothers starring Adam Sandler. I fucking love this film. This is kind of what made me agree to do this podcast is based on this film and I think it's really changed Sandler's career and how he's perceived he's really good what's your opinion of it I think you you're giving this film too much credit because Hubie Halloween is the film that's changed how he's perceived <laughs> <laughs> no I'm I'm really intrigued to go back to this one and I really want to like I want to catch this at the right moment because when I watched this before I think I've said quite a few times on here that I didn't really like this film very much and I don't think that's a rare opinion to be fair I think this is quite a like divisive film because I spoke to some people the other day at work and they were all like yeah I didn't really like that film it made me stressed I didn't, but I didn't really enjoy it mm. as a film and I remember watching it and kind of just not really caring about what was going on. I like, I quite liked the style of it, but I remember just being a bit like, this is weird. I don't know if it's because <laughs> when you watch a comedy film and Adam Sandler is like sleeping with people that are much more attractive with him, it's one thing. But like this film's supposed to be like grounded and he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Admittedly, when I watched it, I was working on a job where I was doing like 14 hour shifts from 8 p.m. at night until 8 a.m. in the morning. And then like yeah. and stuff like so I was I was fucking knackered when I watched it. So I think I did maybe close my eyes for like a second and then wake up and like something was happening with the sing of the weekend. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping to catch it at a better time. I think that there's no better way for you to enjoy a film than having just watched Coneheads and then yeah. this is the follow-up. Like anything's better than that. So but yeah, come join us next week. We're gonna be talking about that. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us the at gmail.com. You can also go to our Instagram at the Sandler Pit and our Twitter is at the Sandler Pit and our Facebook is the Sandler Pit, where we never post. We're missing in action on Facebook at the moment. Thanks to Joe Tyrone for doing all our music. Yes, and a big thank you to Luke Thomas for your drawings. Yeah, and, can't and wait thank to see you. some cone drawings. <laughs> Cones. For such a visually striking film, I don't even know what to draw. I can't remember any of it. The rancor. Sake. <laughs> I'm going to draw that egg fuck killing a rancor. <laughs> Thank you, Luke Terry, for editing these at the time of recording. You're three weeks into the edit of our... Uh... <laughs> Mammoth drunk, that's my boy. Our, that's my boy special. Ugh. I'm so sorry that you have to do this. <laughs> it's okay. I've made a mod for my own back editing these pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, until next time, it's been a very happy sad goodbye from me and a very happy sad goodbye from him. Don't I like Conehead out? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know, is that a thing? <laughs> Red me like forever! <laughs> My mom's the only other woman I've ever known who could take a sandwich like that.